0: Sugarcoat shit. (laughs) This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Fellas, didn't get what you were hoping for from Santa Claus this year? Looking to add a little spice to things in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about an adventurous new adult toy or movie? Well, then we have an offer that you won't be able to resist. Go to toysforpleasure.vegas And, for a limited time, you'll get 20% off store-wide, and we'll even throw in free shipping for any order above $100. And no, we're not teasing. So, check out ToysForPleasure.Vegas today, and use special offer code BABE69 upon checkout, and make sure all your adult fantasies come true with ToysForPleasure.Vegas today. Remember, Use offer code BABE69 that's B A B E 6 9 to receive a 20% discount on your entire order and give the gift that Santa forgot to give this year. Warning, the content you're about to hear contains spoilers. So if you have not watched the show, movie or read the book in question, Turn off your radio now, because there are spoilers. Spoilers ahead. Warning, warning, Danger Will Robinson. Spoilers ahead. Don't say you haven't been warned. Hello, 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 and welcome back Renegade Nation. It's me, Naughty Nicole, and guess what? It's time for another Renegade Review. And today's episode, well, it's a little bit special because guess what? I have a double shot for you. That's right, I got two for one today. But before we get started with that, I do want to answer a an email that I received, Libby, if you're listening, my favorite character on Game of Thrones, yes, I love Arya, but Lyanna Mormont, definitely my number two, and they're kind of in a tie at the moment, and as far as my favorite bad guy, who could not love Littlefinger? Okay, on to the rest. Now, hard as it is to believe, we do have two new shows, both of which have been inspired by the bard himself, William Shakespeare. So today, we're going to be looking at ABC's Still Star-Crossed, and we're going to end our day talking about TNT's Will. So let's jump right on into it, and we're going to start with Still Star-Crossed. So Shondaland became like the premier place for primetime programming because, well, the production company and its founder, Shonda Rhimes, they kind of know what a good TV concept is when they see it. A hospital full of super attractive doctors who all sleep with each other while tackling interesting cases? Check! A Washington fixer who knows how to solve any problem? Check! Check! And a law professor who drags her five students into a murder case or two? Super check! Check! Shonda Land's track record? Well, it is solid. That is, until it comes to Star-Crossed. It came as a surprise, and I'm sorry to say, but not a good one. Okay, so first things first, I like the bare bones of the show. There is a good basic premise here. And honestly, in my opinion, this should have been a slam dunk. Should is, of course, the operative word here. And I'm going to start with some positives. Now, We've all had that conversation about how people of color should be in more historical fiction, from books to TVs to movies, because seriously, it's not white history. Come on, it's just history. And one of the big draw for Still Starcrossed, for me at least, has that it is a show filled with people of color in Shakespeare's classic story, Romeo and Juliet and I like that premise I really do I think it's a great idea and I think it's done well in this particular instance. Lashana Lynch stars as our heroine Rosalind Capulet who lives with her sister sister Livia in the home of their uncle Lord Silvestro Capulet who is of course um, Juliet's dad and their very hateful aunt Lady Juliana Capulet which is Juliet's mom In an effort to end the violence that has increased after the elopement and deaths of Romeo and Juliet, Prince Aeschylus proclaims that Rosalind should marry her sworn enemy, Benvolio Montague, the nephew of Lord Damiano Montague. I mean, the cast is attractive enough, and hell, it even has Anthony Head, who I absolutely adore. I think he's awesome. So, the basic premise... It's it's this. It's a period drama, picks up where the famous story of Romeo and Juliet leaves us off, charting that treachery, the palace intrigue, the ill-fated romances of the Montagues and the Capulets in the wake of the young lover's tra- tragic fate. Seriously, how could you go wrong with this? Here's my question. Who actually has been wondering about what happens in Verona after the the events of William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet? Because when you really stop and think about Romeo and Juliet, it isn't about the families. It's about the romance story between Romeo and Juliet. And it's the cautionary tale of that you shouldn't just jump into love like that. Well, I guess everybody doesn't really think about it except for Melinda Taub, who's the author of the book Still Starcrossed, which the series is based off of. And I have to say this, as Well, as this is written and as much as I enjoy its campy nature and all of this, if you're going to draft a sequel to the beloved Shakespearean tragedy, I'm sorry, but it's going to smack of tremendous hubris. I mean, it better be so fucking good that Patrick Stewart himself tells you what a fucking genius you are. And I'm sorry, but you missed the mark on this one. The premiere episode tries to get us there by kicking off with that famous couple's wedding with a very sweet-faced Juliet and an appropriate besotted Romeo, and they're gorgeous, and they basically drill down Shakespeare's brilliance to roughly about 10 minutes of the first episode. And then it goes into this whole other thing. This long-standing feud between the Montagues and the Capulets. It's distilled into, you know, a lost sword fight here and a stabbing there. And a, we're going to call you names here. And we're going to paint shit on your on your tomb there. And honestly, it, it makes no sense. Honestly, I can't get behind either house other than I love Anthony Head. And the guy that plays Benvolio is pretty fucking hot. That's really all I got for you. And there is a whole new cast of Veronan people. They're led by Lashana Lynch, who plays Rosalind. She and her sister, Livia, have been cast adrift by their parents' death in what looks like another Montague massacre, but we never really find out too much about it. So they are grudgingly taken into the Juliet family, where they serve as slaves, basically, as handmaidens to Juliet's exceptionally bitchy mother. That's pretty much the only good thing I can say about her. Um, There's a lot of talk about arranged marriages, and Livia is way too excited to get married. Rosalind, on the other hand, guess what? Wants to hold out for love. I don't understand why they don't just take Livia and marry her off. Things would be fine. But Of course, after the death of the two famous lovers, there's this, of course, big rift between the two families, which makes it even worse than it ever was, which, by the way, can we get a little backstory about why they're fighting with each other? All we know is that apparently they've been fighting for fucking eons. Anyways, the families take up swords just basically by looking at each other the wrong way, which is a I guess meant to appear as some kind of high-stakes combat, but it really comes across as just infantile and honestly boring as fuck. I honestly, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't say anything nice about this. To stem the squabbles, Lord Capulet arranges the marriage between the Capulet cousin Rosalind and the Montague nephew of Benvolio, and you won't be surprised to learn that Rosalind's heart belongs to another... Uh, Or that she and Benvolio have this considerable chemistry, because, you know, it has, after all, a Shondaland uh, premiere. Um, Even as they plan to stop the wedding while still trying to save their own families, actually, you know what, you're not going to be surprised to hear any of it. The truth of the matter is the parts that aren't repetitious are just flat out confusing and boring as hell. Why is Princess Isabella so mean to Rosalind? I mean, just like Lady Capulet. I I don't get it. Why is Lady Capulet tending to the now-alive Count Paris? Didn't he die in the original one? Okay, whatever. Most importantly, how in the world are all of these people related? I don't get it. I mean, basic biology is going to tell you there is no way that two white people are going to have a black child. I'm sorry. I find that hard to believe. But whatever. Whatever. Still, Starcross needs one of those family trees that accompany historic romance novels based on royalty. And there's plenty of TV right now for fans of this kind of a genre, like cinema worthy production of The White Princess on Stars, or you can go for the soapier royal shenanigans of Rain, which, if you missed the first few seasons, is on Netflix. At least the lineage of those characters is just a Wikipedia search away. Here, the premiere tosses us into this deep end in, of a significant pool of characters without any kind of help. And even the show's IMDb page is not much help to you, so I, I'm sorry. And worse than that, it doesn't hold your attention. I mean, hopefully this show will even out these problems and tell a much smoother story as it still goes on. Um, but still, Starcrust is a show that definitely deserves to be told And it definitely deserves its shot, but they need to get the story right. With Shonda Rhimes' cloud at ABC, I I hope that that means that ABC is going to give them a a chance to shake out the rough edges and actually get us to a storyline, because I think that this could be a good show if they fix the inherent problems. But I promise you this, the future episodes have got to ramp up something. The romance, the sex, the intrigue, the trauma, something. Give us something because you're not grabbing the audience. Alright, my lovelies, let's switch focus and look at the TNT offering of Will. Now, William Shakespeare died on April 23rd, 1660, I'm sorry, 1616, and as the scholar Gary Taylor once wrote, we have been reinventing him ever since, and this could not be more true, not only of the meaning and import of his plays, but also of the man himself, because there's relatively little that's known about much of his life. And... We kind of envision it however we want to, and the new TNT drama, Will, depicts the very youthful Shakespeare as he enters the London theatrical world, and it imagines one defined by a very 21st century frothiness. Technically... Shakespeare got the hottest fuck treatment in the Oscar-winning film Shakespeare in Love nearly 20 years ago, but that film wasn't nearly as fast and, well, loose, not only with the soundtrack and costume design, but with the facts, too. Laurie Davidson, and this is in his first significant role, plays Shakespeare, who leaves his wife and three children behind in Stratford-upon-Avon to try to carve out a career in London, And in the city, he stumbles into a world that, well, at least as depicted in this excess-prone series, is rife with bacchanalia and backstabbing, set to a jarring rock-and-roll soundtrack that will hearken you back to Heath Ledger in A Knight's Tale. The show looks alternately like a steampunk Dickens adaptation, as a street urchin fleeces the newly-arrived Shakespeare almost immediately, a weird Animal House sequel, a bad drag show, and an episode of the blood and orgy series Spartacus, all rolled into one. It's dotted with allusions to Shakespeare's works and the style of Shakespeare in Love, but there are awkward little touches that seem intended to convince the CW demographic that Shakespeare was just like a 21st century 20-something. There's even stage diving and a barroom poetry duel that suggests a rap battle. Which is all fine, as what's intriguing is that very little is really known about the the Bard's life, which is why people tie themselves into knots coming up with new theories about it. The basic confirmed aspects of Shakespeare's life, specifically his status as a husband and father prior to traveling to London to join the theater, remain unchanged. But Will otherwise has a fair amount of fun finding its own take on the narrative. The show adds new characters and digs into the young writer's artistic struggles from coming up with ideas for characters and creating compelling narratives that surround them to handling the pressures of fame and the response of critics. All of that is compelling and relatable, but Will doesn't seem to think that's enough for a series. Hence the new characters, including a very tattooed take on Christopher Marlowe that either proves the show's punk rock aspirations or proves that the makeup artist didn't have time to cover up Jamie Campbell Bower's real tats and plotting. The most dramatic and unexpected thing about Will is the choice to emphasize his status as a practicing Catholic, which, by the way, was illegal in England at the time, and adds an additional peril given how much the government loves butchering people over it. It's a narrative choice that drags the spirit of the show a little bit, as it's hard to gush over the bright colors and free-willing party vibe when you know there's a Game of Thrones-level torture scene just around the corner for us. But that's what makes the show so much fun. But there's still a lot of fun to be had, especially when the action stays inside the theater. It's filled with boisterous characters, passionate and inspired by the words that young, unproven Shakespeare makes up out of thin air. Cast-wise, there are a number of standouts from this world. William Houston brings incredible energy and range to the role of haunted and hilarious actor Kemp, while Bower's unhinged Marlowe is breathtaking to watch. In later episodes, actor Rick Richard Burbage will pay, play Matthias Inwood will whip out a book of English history, suggesting Will look to it for inspiration. Will will resist, saying he wants to come up with his own original ideas, but Richard replies with a line that proves more than a meta It's fifteen eighty nine, Will. It's all been done. It's how you do it that counts. And it's true that we've seen all of this before, but Will does offer some freshness, an important reminder that just being edgy isn't enough to propel a show. Sure, it's fun to see Shakespeare get a little. Fortunately, Will manages to find a little depth beyond that, and I think you'll enjoy it. All right, Renegade Nation, that's all I got for you this time, so catch us next time. If you like this review, or if you have a comment, a question, or if you just want to say hi— Send us a like or post a comment. You can even email me directly at talk at gmail.com You got a show, movie, or a book that you want me to review? Let me know. I'm not saying that I'm going to do it, but hey, let me know so at the very least I can make fun of you and mock you. See you next time on Renegade Reviews here on Renegade Talk Radio. Bye for now.